Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Well, hey, I'll tell you what, for most of the hour this morning, uh, we're going to open up the phone lines for you, anything and everything you want to talk about. I think coming up after our 920 break here on Montana Talks, definitely uh, love the open phones. That's the best part of the show. Hey, you guys know me, man. We've been trying not to get too much into candidate, 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 nonstop uh, election candidate coverage just yet because there's so many offices uh, up this year. But I'll tell you what, this U.S. Senate race here in Montana is the biggest U.S. Senate race in the country. Whether Chuck Schumer is in charge or or whether another uh, majority leader uh, takes office next January, the entire country hinges on this U.S. Senate race here in Montana. And plus, we just had the big news, President Donald J. Trump himself making an official endorsement in the race here in Montana, endorsing Navy SEAL Purple Heart veteran Tim Sheehy in that Republican primary. So that's big news. So we'd be remiss if we didn't take advantage of this opportunity. We've got Tim Sheehy in the house right now here in studio with us. Uh, Tim, great to see you. Great to be here, Aaron. What a huge endorsement. Donald Trump's mostly been staying out of a lot of these contested primaries, even with with people who are are, are solid Trump backers. He's kind of been staying out of it, but he weighed in in this race. That was was huge news Friday. Well, again, he recognizes, like you just said, uh, America's at a crossroads. And in 2024, Montana's at the center, center of the political universe. This race, as you correctly stated, will determine the direction of this nation for potentially the next decade. And he recognizes that. He's a patriot. Um, you know, I'm honored to have his support. But he knows how important this race is. And he knows when he wins the White House, he's going to have to have a Senate to enact his agenda. And uh, the one thing standing between his Senate and, and, and uh, what it is today is John Tester. And that's why he's supporting us. Yeah, a huge, huge endorsement. And he also credited the great work being done right now uh, by Montana Senator uh, Steve Daines. And by the way, Senator Steve Daines just voted against that massive foreign aid spending bill saying, no, we need to secure our borders first. And I know that's something you said, God, over seven months ago, I think it was. Well, I've been saying it for, for years, but at the, the bottom line is. I'm running on a message of common sense. I mean, common sense. I don't care what party you're a part of. We need to return common sense to this country and to our government. You know, boys are boys. Girls are girls. Border's not a border if it's not secure. Cops are good. Criminals are bad. We put criminals in jail. We reward our cops. We don't pay people to sit on the couch in the middle of a labor shortage. We want people to start businesses. And our foreign policy should always be putting America and Americans first. And that's common sense. You know, when I was a kid and when you were a kid, when we all grew up, that those were not controversial positions to take, that there are two genders, that a border should be secure, that a foreign policy should put our own country first. But, you know, today they are. And it's important we stand up and fight for those principles. God, you mentioned law enforcement, El Salvador, the president down there. Huh. Wow. Put criminals behind bars and you lower the homicide rate. Wow. Uh, como se dice common sense in Espanol? And his people love him for it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, how do you say uh, common sense in Espanol again? Right. And I got the answer via Twitter. All right. More to follow. Uh, Tim Sheehy, uh, Donald Trump endorsed candidate in the House right after this. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. 
All right, fresh off the endorsement from President Trump himself that came out Friday, Navy SEAL veteran Tim Sheehy in the House, Republican U.S. Senate candidate here in studio on Montana Talks. Tim, I feel like I feel like we are not being fair to you. You know, we're we're playing by these old rules of well, we got to give these candidates equal time, and and uh, we're going to wait until then to start interviewing candidates. The radical left is spending a million dollars a week. John Tester and Chuck Schumer and their California dark money operatives are spending a million dollars a week falsely attacking you with with a whole bunch of lines of BS here. And yet here we are. Well, I I mean, I, I just feel like we as the people of Montana are not being fair to you when you served your country. You're a Purple Heart veteran. And these out-of-state operatives come in and just start falsely trashing you, and and yet here we are. Well, we gotta we gotta follow these old rules here, you know. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there at well, the start. No, I appreciate million dollars in attack ads. What do you want to say about all this? Well, last yard? best place, last best place pack, uh, which is funding all those ads, uh, is Chuck Schumer. Hundred percent, it's Chuck Schumer's money, and they've been spending money on our heads since October last year, since I launched. And and as you said, the Republican Party always, you know, we're going to play by our rules, we're going to have our primary, and we're going to work through our process. Well, this is how Tester stays in office every time, is they start spending money a year and a half before the election, a year before the election, and they flood the airwaves, and they unify behind one candidate, which, of course, has been Tester for, you know, damn near 20 years now, and they flood the airwaves with lies about their opponents, uh, as early and as aggressively as possible, and they will outspend us 10 to 1, 20 to 1, like they are now. Uh, meanwhile, as you said, our side sits on the sidelines and said, well, we'll get into this when the election cycle picks up. The reality is that's why I launched early. We had to start early. We had to start aggressively. And these ads are all lies. You know, they're, they're, they're cherry-picked, out-of-context pieces of data they throw out there and they couch them in a false narrative to make me look like I'm a corrupt businessman, I'm a corrupt person, I'm a bad person. Truth is, fought for my country, wounded on the field of battle. My wife fought for our country. After I was wounded and discharged, we came home, started our businesses from scratch with an all-veteran founding team. Everything on the line of those businesses, businesses that protect our community, aerial firefighting. I fly our water bombers. It's a dangerous job. Um, you know, we put out wildfires protecting farms, ranches, savings lives. And uh, from coast to coast, we do that. And, and we built that from scratch with an all-veteran founding team. I'm proud of that. I'm never going to apologize for the fact that I've built a successful business in our state, created jobs, created veterans' jobs. And, you know, this, these aren't dating apps and yoga pants. These are important <laughs> jobs that protect our country. And I'm proud of that. But, of course, in the world of Democrats, if you do that, you're a bad person. So uh, what they're doing is all lies. They know they're lies. And that's why if you look at those ads, they have these little asterisks, you know, uh, disclaimers on the bottom, basically saying, hey, this ad's a lie, but we're saying it anyways. So yeah. we need to fight back, unify, as you've said. You know, let's unify around this campaign because this race will determine the future of this country. We have to win. Well, look, and you're not a political hack. So a lot of folks are just now getting to know you for the first time. But I've known you and your wife since you first got out of the military. And and actually how I first started hearing your story uh, was I I remember we were having beers in Bozeman at a vet together with a bunch Mm -hmm. of veterans just getting together, hanging out. And I was asking one of the guys, oh, hey, what would you do in the military? Oh, you know, I flew helicopters. Well, what are you doing now in Bozeman? He's like, man, well, I just got out of the military and I took this job out here with Bridger Aerospace. Wow. Like, this is incredible. You're taking these these men and women fresh off the boat, if you want to use that terminology, that are get right out of the military. They don't know what the future holds. It's a very, you know, kind of scary time because you're like, man, I've, I've been in the military. Now what do I do? 
and they've had incredible careers, incredible opportunities because of that. And and in like the local Bozeman Daily Press, man, you were a hero for this. You were a hero for that. A hero. You started this business. You employed all these people. You, you helped the local hospital. But the moment you got an R behind your name, the fake news attacks begin. Exactly. And unfortunately, Montanans. I find some understand it, but most do not, that their local paper is not their local paper. You know, their local paper is likely owned by an out-of-state conglomerate with editors that don't live here or don't care about what's happening here, and they're pushing their agenda. You know, they're pushing their agenda from out-of-state, and, of course, their agenda is always against the Republicans. It's against conservative policies. And, uh, you know, again, as you said, in Bozeman, we've seen that, you know, time and again from, hey, we're building a new pediatric wing of the hospital. We're funding the NICU, building a new library, creating hundreds of jobs, you know, war hero, this and that. As soon as I announce, you know, I'm a corrupt, evil businessman. So uh, <laughs> it's, all, it's all backwards, but I think so many people now are sick and tired of, of the national narrative that's been crafted by academia, social media, media, our federal government, our deep state, our bureaucracy. Uh, they're tired of it. They're tired of being gaslit that they're racist members of a, of a racist country that's bad. Uh, they're tired of hearing that. They want to be proud of the country. They want to be proud, as they rightly should be, of what this country's done. And they want to see it revitalized around the principles that made us great. And that's what this election's about. I know you've got to hit the road here here soon, but we're glad you stopped in just for a few minutes. We definitely want to get you on for a longer amount of time. But, man, you were just in, what, Ekalaka, Broadus. What did you say, 70 people showed up and brought it? So, obviously, I think these negative attack ads are, are backfiring on the Democrats just because people are like, wait, who is this guy? Well, they are. You know, they're, they're, they're spending a million dollars a week raising my name ID. And a lot of people are like, well, if Chuck Schumer's spending all this money on the guy, he can't be that bad. So let me go out and see him. And, of course, when they show up and find out, hey, you know, he, he's, a, he's a smart young guy who's got a, a great young family. And, uh, yeah, we had, you know, 70 folks and brought us, Ekalaka, Glendive, Levina. You know, we're heading west now, Missoula, and up to Great Falls. I mean, we're, we're hitting every single community in the state. We're leaving no stone unturned uh, because it's very important that we're going to lose the air war to the Democrats because they're going to outspend us like they are now. So we're going to win with the ground war. We're going to go to every town, shake every hand, and particularly our veterans, make sure they understand that the VA – is an organization filled with good people, stuck within a terrible bureaucracy. John Tester has been responsible for that bureaucracy. He's failing, uh, just like he's on the border, on American energy, on foreign policy. And uh, we're going to convince veterans that, that we are their answer to a better VA in the future. Well, and that's why they're attacking you. They're attacking success. They're attacking a successful veteran because they don't want veterans to be successful and independent. They want ve veterans to be victims right. that are dependent on them. Uh, Tim Sheehy, great to see you. Congrats on the Trump endorsement. Thanks for dropping in. Thank you. All right, quick break. Phone lines are open for you 406-294-0970 the show where you get to talk montana is talking here this is montana talks with aaron flint Hey, hey, by the way, uh, uh, Tim Sheehy didn't just drop in here to our Montana Talk studios. Hey, we, we've got some other radio stations down the hall from us here in Billings. And uh, he went down and and dropped in and saw uh, Mark Wilson and Paul Mushaven. You know, they've been on the radio in, in the Billings area for over 35 years. So he went went and saw them. There's a lot of politicians that uh, that sometimes will try to dodge uh, the breakfast flakes. Uh, Tim Sheehy did not. He goes in there and, they, you know, they'll, they'll question anybody and, and sometimes uh, ask you some questions that you may not want to hear, just like we try to do here on the show. And even if I drop the ball, the callers will... We'll we'll pick up pick up the ball and carry it for us as well. But uh, but yeah, he he went in there and as I as I told you earlier, Paul Mushaven says he is endorsing 
he is endorsing uh, Tim Sheehy in this race as well. And uh, he, he wonders why Matt uh, Rosendale, Congressman Rosendale, doesn't stay in the House, stay in the eastern seat. Why upset the apple cart? At this uh, this this late in the uh, in the process here in the biggest race in the country, Pete and Elaine in Manhattan uh, sent me an email after the show yesterday with regard to the Senate race. Aaron, we have to weigh in on what you were talking about this morning. We are big fans of Matt as a House member. He has Montana in his back pocket and is looking out for us there. But his entering the Senate race is not what is good for Montana at this late date. You know all the reasons. What really bothers us is that this move of his has to boil down to ego, ambition, greed, or power on his part and not what is best for Montana. So that puts him in the same ballpark with all the other politicians who say one thing and do another. Uh, so that was from Pete and Elaine in Manhattan. Uh, let's see. We had uh, some other messages that came in here. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Tim and Savage, if you missed the breaking news. Tim and Savage, our, our buddy Tim Tharp out there in Mondakistan. Big breaking news in this uh, congressional race. Uh, <laughs> Tim and Savage says this. Now that Matt has defied all of the excellent advice he was given to stay in the House and decided to run for the Senate, there is a growing, crowded field of Republicans to replace him. So this is where Tim and Savage's big breaking news announcement comes in. Now that the Eastern District House seat is open, I am officially announcing on Montana Talks that I will not be running for that seat. I will remain in my position as elected county superintendent and fulfill my term. This primary will be wild, uh, Tim and Savage had to say. He'll be continuing on as our Mondakistan bureau chief, by the way, as well. So uh, that's that's good. I was worried we were going to have to let him go find a new Mondak bureau chief. Uh, let's see. First up on the phone line, Steve in Billings. Steve, thanks for the call. Yeah, thanks. I was hoping to get Mr. Sheehy's take on this, but... Um I was wondering what kind of pushback he's been getting from establishment Republicans. And I, my, my in-laws down in Wyoming, where my wife and I are from, they're good, staunch, conservative Christian Trump supporters. And they had, my mother-in-law had asked me a while ago about Tim Sheehy because she had some concerns that she had heard from, you know, presumably, uh, kind of the Wyoming Republican political scene that Mr. Sheehy was corrupt. And, of course, I, I'm a Sheehy supporter, and so I, you know, I told her that's all just bunch of lies but i wanted to find out his take on on uh, if he's had any pushback or noticed anything from the establishment side of the republican party. no that's a good question yeah i mean my take is yeah i think there is a there is a split in the establishment i i think i i think look there there's some members of the montana legislature that served with matt and and of course he was he was great uh, in the state legislature right and so and so there's a personal loyalty there and so that personal loyalty. But I don't know if you saw Tom Ludy's report for the Billings Gazette of all of the Montana Freedom Caucus members that announced that they endorsed Rosendale. Only four of them actually donated to his campaign. And so so uh, so, uh, again, are they doing it out of personal loyalty or out of who they think can actually win the race this November in the most important Senate race in the country? And I, I, I get the personal friendships and the personal loyalties. I get that, too. I mean, I, heck, I consider both these guys f uh, friends as well. Right. I've known known Matt Rosendale as long as I've known uh, uh, Tim and Carmen Sheehy as well, uh, you know, as well. Right. 
Yeah, and I, I think um, there is a lot to be said for personal loyalty. Um, I, I also think that right now in our country, though, we, we need to support who is going to be the best candidate for the job. And, and I mean, it's been said to death on here. I mean, it's, I think Matt Rosendale is, is a great, fantastic House member and, and uh, would continue to get my support there. Um, he's doing a great job there. I just think Tim Sheehy is probably the better candidate for the Senate. But, yeah. Well, and he's got the Trump endorsement now as well. He's already been in the race for several months. All right. I'll, uh, I won't go on any further, though, because we got a lot of callers on the line, and we want to hear from you, 406-294-0970. And, yeah, we we do need to – you know, I've been trying to hold off on, on scheduling too many candidates uh, – until at least after the primary filing deadline, the, you know, the election filing deadline, which isn't until March. It's because, man, if, if like, for example, that Eastern District House race, there's going to be 12 plus candidates in that race. And, and you guys don't want to hear 12 plus candidates for one race for 12 days in a row for an hour every day. Um, so I've been encouraging a lot of them to call in during our open phones time. It's a great opportunity to be heard. But with this Senate race, I mean, it's such a big deal. Um, I, I, I think that's one we're going to have to to start freeing up, uh, you know, uh, more time for uh, for for all the candidates. Tim Sheehy included for the full hour, et cetera. Uh, here we got We got to start doing that, especially when the radical left is spending a million dollars a week falsely attacking him on the airwaves. He should get the opportunity to respond, and it and it shouldn't have to be. Oh, you got to write a check to be able to respond. No, this they should be free to speak and push back against this stuff, if you ask me. Uh, Willie in the Paradise Valley, what's your thoughts? Yeah, good morning. I just wanted to say amen to those other two folks that just called in on their uh, comments there. But, you know, I think that and we, our family's completely behind Matt, too, as he stays in Congress. But we got the email for money from him, and I told him, too, you think you're on the ego trip right here, and you kind of johnny come lately but i think what he's done is cause he's causing a situation here that we really shouldn't have had to deal with and there i heard a comment i think it was on yesterday that uh the dems some of the dems are supporting him well that's a red flag to me right there them them guys that if the democrats are supporting him somewhat and then that uh one fellow that called in yesterday was kind of disturbing because he said he was going to write a check for uh tim and then he heard this and that at uh uh, Rosendale's deal, and it's like, uh, what's going on here? Is he bad mouthing uh, Tim or something? And as far as this Chinese stuff that they're throwing out there, if he did everything legal, if they went through everybody else's portfolio in the Congress and the Senate and see how much dealings they've been doing with China, wouldn't be probably any different. Some of theirs probably were crooked as well. So uh, I'm, I'm totally, we're totally behind him, and I hope he has a good outcome. Well, and, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned, you know, the 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 uh, the the blue on blue attacks, shall we call it? I, I had an email from the Disney family in Libby uh, earlier this morning, and they shared uh, the, the the Montana Free Press is, you know, definitely a liberal leaning news outfit, uh, but they they just published a story uh, about about Congressman Rosendale running for the Senate. And and basically, like their takeaway was that 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 Matt is not criticizing John Tester. That instead, all he's doing is criticizing the other Republican in the race. And so they said, we sure are not comfortable with whatever Matt is up to. Uh, is there any merit in this piece? But we do appreciate his efforts to upend the Uniparty, though. So so the Disney family Libby saying, yeah, we, we we like what Matt's doing in the House, but but man, we don't like the fact that he's 
spending more time attacking uh, the Republicans and not spending uh, what it doesn't look like any time uh, actually attacking John Tester. Well, that's, that's just it. And like you said, all the money they're throwing out uh, for Tester out here, they're, they're, they had an ad on this morning on uh, your program here on our station anyway about another veteran and how he, uh, John Tester, rolled his sleeves up and stuff. They make him try to make him look like he's some big fighter and hard worker is going to come or has been doing a hard job and he don't look like it number one and number two i don't think he's been doing it but as long as you get a few of these people that are de- de- uh, definitely naive about what's going on here that's all it takes but you get one somebody to put a question mark in somebody's mind and these people don't want to do their homework that's what they're going to do so well and anyway and then this law enforcement ad and And then this law enforcement ad this phony ad by john tester claiming to support law enforcement Uh, oh yeah where were you when your party was defunding the police and 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 not to mention the invasion on our southern border i mean john tester your policies are the reason our law enforcement officers have this big fight on their hands. You're the one allowing the drug cartels to come in here and terrorize our communities and terrorize local police officers. Oh, but oh, but you supported some grant money that was already going to be coming out anyway, so somehow you want to say that means you support the police? I mean, give me a break. Your party was burning down this country, burning down police precincts, but now you want to pretend to be... Uh, to pretend to be pro pro police, I mean it's like a Valentine's Day online scam. Uh, you know his, his ads. Oh. Well, thanks, Aaron. All right, hey, thanks, Willie. Great to hear from you. Four zero six two nine four zero nine seventy. Taking the calls as we get them. Who's next up? Uh, Brenda in Billings. Let me see. Oh yeah, uh, line two. There we go. Brenda, what's on your mind? Hey, I have a question for you. Yeah, Matt, Roman don't need to stay where he's at. But anyway, um, what's going? on? I haven't understood. Who's the sheriff for Yellowstone County? Uh, Mike Linder. Okay. Now, are these guys supposedly went to D.C. for a meeting with uh, Ray, um, I heard. The FBI director? Uh, Yes. Oh, okay. And he called them all in. Um, All the counties in in the country came. I heard this from a in Ohio, one of the sheriffs, and they were telling him that they have to be prepared. Well, Um, hmm, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Ray was on Capitol Hill. No, no, no. No, no. You got to look at the whole situation. This is Ray we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold hold that thought, uh, because I want to hear what what your takeaway is uh, from it, and what, so what the story is here. And I know Ray said all the red lights are flashing, because of all the danger that Joe Biden has created. But uh, stand by. This is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland. The average age of farmers and ranchers increased again in the latest census of agriculture to 58.1 years old. While the age trend of farmers continues to increase, the number of farms and ranches is decreasing which Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack said should be concerning to every American. In 2017, when we did the survey, there were 2,042,220 farms. Today, the survey reports we have 1,900,487 farms. That's 142,000 fewer farms in five years. 
There was also a 20 million acre reduction of land taken out of ag production, totaling 880 million acres. This act also referenced a 1980 report of then Agriculture Secretary Bob Berglund and his concerns about the future of agriculture. Secretary Berglund was concerned in 1981 as he was leaving this job about the impact on the number of farms and the impact on losing farms will have on small communities and rural places. Well, if you look at the number of farms that were in existence when he issued that warning and compare it to today, we've lost 535,000 farms. This survey is essentially telling us, asking the critical question of whether as a country, are we okay with losing that many farms? Bill Sachs says with the majority of farmers at her hearing today. Once again, call 406-214-3899. Thank you for tuning in and take care of your hearing. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, I'm really interested in hearing what Brenda in Billings has to say here. What what she was hearing, at least. Uh, I did. I want I want you to know during the break, I sent a message to Yellowstone County Sheriff Mike Linder. I said, "Hey, Sheriff, was there a meeting that you attended with FBI Director Ray and a bunch of other sheriffs? Uh, any insight uh, that you can give us? You know, just a quick message because I'm I'm in the middle of being on the radio, so." Uh, so I just had time to send a quick message there. Now, my assumption, it sounds like there, there's more to it than this, though. But this was my assumption uh, when I when I heard uh, just the initial remarks of what Brenda had to say here. My assumption is that, OK, if the FBI director is meeting with county sheriffs uh, from all across the country, well, that, that would make sense because remember back when was this? Um, I pulled up a CNN story. I know it was just the first one that came up, but uh, uh not a credible source. But I remember when FBI director was on Capitol Hill and said this. Remember when he said, quote, I see blinking lights everywhere I turn. Now, kind of like, you know, Joe Biden saying, I see dead people. It was kind of like, yeah, it was different than that. I mean, Joe Biden, I see men around. I was talking to Helmut Cole. I see dead people. No, it's different. The FBI director, when he says, I see blinking lights everywhere I turn, what the FBI director was saying is, is from my, from my career in law enforcement, I have never seen a more dangerous state facing our country. It, it, there are so many threats facing our country. Right? I mean, basically, basically, Biden's own FBI director was saying, Man, uh, Biden has gotten us into a, a freaking mess here. Uh, the lights are blinking everywhere because of the, the disastrous policies. I mean, that's, he didn't go into that the depth of detail or he would have been canned. But he said, I see blinking lights everywhere. But, uh, Brenda, you're saying, no, this is something different. What are you hearing? Okay. Fred, this uh, sheriff that was in Ohio, I believe, uh, basically said the same thing you just said. And he's putting all his people on alert and blah, 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 blah. Well, because of everybody knows Ray is a liar, granted, there's, we should watch out. But what they want to do is bring, they want to take away our guns, point blank. Sure. Uh, there's a sheriff in, uh, yeah, there's a sheriff in New Mexico that's running for governor. Now you've got to get on Nino's corner and listen to what this man had to say. They are trying to find out if they can do 
an alert, a call to arms for the people. Because the sheriffs work for the people. You know, yeah, they oh, are so, the people. So now it makes sense. So I think I, I get what the what their concern is here. So their concern is that okay, the the very same you know leftists that locked down America, that issued lockdowns and mask mandates, that they will try to issue another emergency, and they will use exactly. it, and they will use. And we've we've heard that that uh, you know, like for example, um, this Bussy guy who's a Democrat candidate for governor in Montana. I mean, his kids are a part of the climate kids lawsuit. I mean, if he becomes governor, he probably would try to issue a climate emergency and then shut things down based on a climate emergency. I mean, they're already doing that de facto, right? But New Mexico, that makes sense because if if I recall right, that New Mexico sheriff uh, is was a Democrat switched to the GOP. And he was the one who spoke out. The New Mexico, the New Mexico governor, right, tried to do just that. Tried to issue a an emergency on guns and take away gun rights. So, so there's precedent for this concern. Then, all right, Brenda, thanks for calling in. Great to hear from you. Uh, lots of folks calling in on the phone lines here. Uh, let's see, um, we got next up. Oh, Tom in Pompey's Pillar. Next up, Tom. Thanks for the call. Good morning, Aaron. I just want to make a quick comment about Rosendale, and it's, it's so common sense to me that Rosendale needs to back off. We need to be hounding his office. we got to get unified. Trump endorsed Sheehy. That means the support is going to be through Trump, and that's a huge. That's huge. And so Matt Rosendale needs to just go back to the house where he's needed, and we just lost another seat in New York, so we have less power than we did yesterday. Yeah. So... Uh, we really need to hound his office. But talking about that, um, I decided I'm going to run for House District 47. They might put me in 45, but that is some pretty tough real estate of a Democrat stronghold to build Billings, Montana. So I'm going to need all the support I can get. What's, what's your last uh, name, Tom? Because, yeah, if you're going to be running for office, we got to know your full name. I mean, I just, I'll use first name and, and what town you're calling from just out of courtesy to most folks. But if you want to use your last name, you're welcome to, yeah. It's Thomas Mayon, and uh, I'm out of Pompey's ranching, but I thought, you know what? It's my civic duty. I kept telling my brother that, but... <laughs> <laughs> if he won't man up, you will, right? Is that, is that what you told him? <laughs> yeah, we, we need to run for office. We need to, we need to do this, and uh, so I decided I'm going to... It's going to be an uphill. I got a lot to learn, uphill battle, and uh, but you know what? I'm going to learn a lot along the way, and... Uh, just got a good conservative background ranching and was in the oil industry and and in the logging business with our white timber out of Townsend back oh yeah sure yeah yeah well you know and this was part of my rant so so the GOP has had a has had a super majority in the legislature will they continue to have a super majority after this November especially after the Democrats gerrymandered the legislative districts. Well, how, what do you mean? How come Democrats control the, the legislative redistricting in a state like Montana? The Montana Supreme Court, they get to decide who the tie-breaking vote is on the redistricting committee. And the Montana right. Supreme Court is a liberal mob right now. So, of course, they put a Democrat Party activist as the tie-breaking vote. So, of course, they get to draw the lines however they want to. And and so, meanwhile, yeah. you've got all these Republicans wasting all this time, wasting all this energy, wasting all this effort, fighting over a Republican primary in the Senate, which means they're not dedicating that energy 
to winning the two Supreme Court seats, which means they're not giving time and energy to help people like Susie Hedlin uh, keep the Office of Public Instruction out of the hands of the far-left uh, radical uh, MEA-MFT uh, uh, union or MFPE, uh, you know, government employees union. I mean, do you really want to hand back control of the public schools in Montana to the radical left, all because you're too busy fighting over who the Republican candidate should be in the Senate race? Right. I totally, I totally agree with you, 100 percent, definitely. And then, and, uh, and then defend all those legislative seats and maybe even pick up more in a, in a map that's going to be more uh, tougher this that's going to be tougher this November than it was two Novembers ago. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle. But, man, we as Republicans, we have got to get unified on just the same issues you talked about, because if we don't, uh, <laughs> they just, they'll do anything. Like you said, I've listened to your show a lot every day and, and hear they will do anything. So uh, we got to get out there. All right, Tom. Well, th- thanks for calling. All right, we got we got another Tommy on the phone lines here. We got to get to next, but thanks for calling, Tom and Pompey's Pillar. Good to hear from you. Uh, let's see, Tommy in Polebridge. Oh, great to hear from you. You must be off the grid up there, huh? Yeah, sure we are. Absolutely. So if the satellite's still working, uh, I'll be able to keep speaking, and I and I won't take up too much of uh, of, uh, of time. And good morning to uh, all of you, by the way. Yeah, good morning. Um, good morning, sir. The question I had is. One is any any of the people running for office uh, paying attention to. Um, I mean, Billings, I understand, and I, I feel bad for Billings and getting the migrants uh, that are coming on being kind. Um, and so on the 12th and early morning of the 13th, we got two government buses, the Bluebirds, white, tinted windows, came in and dumped a bunch of all-male bunch of folks in Kalispell. And I was just curious if anybody is um, – running into this situation in their smaller towns and, um, you know, really looking forward to having somebody running for office, paying attention to this. And, you know, we've got countries in Europe that are, you know, put up major barriers and trying to keep their culture. Uh, and I'm just curious, yeah. if, you know, and, try, and trying to keep their farmland too. Um, yeah, yeah, so Tommy, I saw that photo. Yeah, somebody sent me the photo. They said, "Hey, it's a it's a it's sure. busloads of illegal aliens being dropped off in Kalispell." I haven't been able to confirm that yet. I'm not saying that it is true or it isn't true, but yes, but I, I I'm I'm trying to reach out to some folks to say, "Hey, can you confirm this picture and and uh, if these are indeed illegals on there?" But it, it was shared on um, one of like the Kalispell something something Facebook pages. Um, I got that yes, message. Yeah, yeah, I got that message, and so I'm I'm trying to verify it and <laughs> confirm it, but. Uh, Thank it, you. Thank it wouldn't you. surprise anybody, would it? No, sir, it would not. And if I went to town more often, I'd be sitting in the parking lot and watching it as well and looking for it. And that is very possible, right? Yeah. And, and, and I would be very interested in it. Everything is such a, a secretive kind of thing up here. Uh, and nobody wants to really talk about it, and especially the, you know, the politicians in our area. So, Well, or they may not even know. I mean, we know that there's illegal aliens here. It's just uh, Joe Biden and John Tester are sneaking them in. Yes, so sir. how do we know who's here? How do we know how many are, are here? But we know they're here. I mean, look at how many of them are sitting inside of the Gallatin County Jail right now. Illegal aliens, you know, wrong way, drunk driving. Bit an uptick on that. Uh, Tommy, thanks for the call.
Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Okay, now I, now I lost my train of thought. Travis, you got you to gotta see the email I just sent you from Nancy and Roundup. Let's just say she's not a fan of Beyonce. Even if Beyonce is trying to turn uh, turn into a country music star now, <laughs> Nancy is obviously not a fan of Beyonce. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen it, we've got a, a story on our Montana Talks website. Uh, you know, Hootie, Hootie, uh, Darius Rucker went country. Um, Taylor Swift was country, went pop. Uh, Beyonce apparently did a country song, but there, I, but I, I'm wondering. Do you think this song is country or not country? Um, you can check it out. It's on our Montana Talks website. Send us a message on the app if you think it's country or not. Uh, Nancy and Roundup is like, ah, hell to the nah, basically was the response from Nancy and Roundup. Uh, <laughs> she's not a fan of Beyonce. All right, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here. Sally in Sunburst, totally agree with you. She says this. The Democrats stay unified, propping up 89-year-old Diane Feinstein in her wheelchair. Stroke victim John Fetterman, he's turning around now that his brain uh, is improving. Uh, faltering rich from out-of-nation money's Joe Biden, yet Republicans help oust George Santos, whose naughty list was far shorter than so many in our capital, and gave his seat and vote to a Democrat yesterday. Now John Kennedy, Mitt Romney, plus our leader Mitch McConnell and 19 other Republicans just voted for $90 billion to protect Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan's borders, but of course not our own. Republican unity? Sheesh. Yeah, no, I'm with you there, uh, Sally, and glad to see that Montana Senator Steve Daines did not vote for that money and instead says we need to prioritize our southern border. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, and then Dylan and Lodgegrass. Uh, Glenn Beck talked about the National Sheriff's Association Winter Conference held February 3rd through 6th, where that sheriff from Ohio gave a press conference and raised a lot of questions about possible attacks here in the country. He was talking about how Russia is cyber attacking his computer systems daily. Uh, so, Dylan, thanks for that message. Uh, let's see. Mitch in Kalispell next up. Mitch, thanks for the call. Absolutely. And, well, real quick, though, on the Beyonce thing, I'm not exactly a fan for going country, but Ben Shapiro does have the top rap song, so I guess we kind of have to understand there's some cross-genres now. That's right. Yeah, he does. I, I I have not watched the Ben Shapiro rap song yet, but I did see that he's uh, topping the charts, though. That's pretty funny. Pretty fly for it's a white guy. but funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I, what I was calling in about is we – we have to start remembering the purpose of office. Um, a lot of people, it's become personality, and especially in Congress, you know, there's a reason the House and the Senate are meant to have two different personalities. And even though we've been directly electing senators for over 100 years now, it was originally appointed because we've got to remember the Senate is there to represent the state. And when it comes to the fiery personality, and I do love it about Rosendale, that's easier to have when you're one of 435 people. You can be the you can be the outlaw. You can kind of be the one who's always going against the grain. And when you're in a safe problem, Republican district in eastern Montana, yeah. Yeah, but when you're one of 100 and 
you're continuing to hold up. You have to be able to work. You have to hold those principles, absolutely. But you have to have something besides just, I'm going to vote against you constantly, or I'm going to hold out continuously until you give in, because that doesn't work when you're one of 100, especially whenever it's almost exactly 50-50. Well, and... and and either way, uh, it's like, okay, but you're still not raising any money. And so how are you going to enter the biggest, most important Senate race in the entire country where party control is at stake and you didn't even raise $100,000 last quarter? I mean, John Tester spent more than that on, on a bistro cacao for dinner two nights ago, you know? Well, and with that, you know, where are we creating coattails? The way you get these waves, the way you get all of this is that you have the coattails and in Montana, that's got to be led at the Senate because that is the most expensive. That is the top race. And you need to give all of the conservatives further down the ticket where people don't necessarily get to hear their message. They need to have something they can cling to and follow in so that you can bring in that next wave to truly make sure that we keep conservatism. Yeah, no, good point. And and you've got legislative uh, races to to win or to or to uphold, but instead you got legislators, uh, you know, bickering over over the, who the candidates should be and everything like that. Hey, uh, great to hear from you. Thanks, uh, thanks for calling in, Mitch. Um, Frank in Kalispell sent us a message. You know, one of the things that they're attacking uh, Tim or trying to attack Tim Sheehy over is he started an aerial firefighting business. He pilots. Uh, his own aircraft fighting fires. We had a lady message us on the show and say, Tim Sheehy saved my house in Sealy Lake because he was overhead fighting fires. Frank and Kalispell says this, I'm an air attack group supervisor flying wildland fires in the West. People need to know there is no government fleet of firefighting aircraft. It is companies like Bridger Aerospace who put the work in to start these companies to provide this high-hazard, expensive, valuable service. Yeah, Frank, thanks for that message. Man, we got a ton of other uh, folks uh, messaging us, calling in, and we took everybody in order as we got them, but there was more that we didn't get to. So, uh, God, I don't even know what our schedule is for tomorrow. I hope it's open phones because your phone calls are the best part of the show. Nothing scheduled yet, so I, I'm hoping it stays that way. But you never know what might happen. You can always be ready for a frago uh, here on the show if something big comes up in the next 24. The lights are blinking everywhere, remember?